chapter 15, we are uh, doing a series on prayer, and uh, the Lord spoke to us and told us that this was going to be a summer of answered prayer. I like that, amen? I, you know, I, I enjoy praying, I love praying, uh, but even more than praying, I like, I like enjoying answered prayers, amen? And, you know, there's probably nothing more frustrating than, than praying for a very long time and not seeing results, amen? None of y'all ever experienced that, so... Uh, y'all should be up here teaching this, amen, if you got all, all your prayers answered, amen, so, but hey, that's the goal, right, that's what we're shooting for, and uh, we talked about how, uh, we, we talked about how that, uh, you know, Jesus never taught on how to deal with unanswered prayer, because he never expected our prayers to go unanswered, right, are y'all awake this morning, y'all good, uh, because you know why, why, because he taught us how to pray, right, he, he, if, and if we follow his directions, it's just like anything, any, any other area in the Bible. If we simply follow his directions and do what he tells us to do, we'll get good results. Now, if we try and do it our own way and, and, and go, go about it and just do whatever and however and whatever we feel like, then we might run into some trouble. But if we do it his way, the way he told us to, then you know what? I think, I think we'll have some good success at it. Amen. And so in this series on prayer, um, you know, I'm using John 15, verse 7 and 8 as kind of our jumping point here. And, uh, and we're, going, we're going, to, going to get into the different types of prayer, but we're just not quite there yet. I've kind of, the Lord kind of took a detour on me, and uh, we're, ta- we're, we're in the middle of the Lord's Prayer right now, just actually just starting on the Lord's Prayer, but we're getting ready to get started on that and, and, uh, and you know, and talk about that. But we're going to get into the different types of prayer, but... But, uh, but here in John chapter 15, verse 7 and 8, he says this, and this is Jesus talking. And he says, If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. And we've looked at other passages, uh, two or three other examples where it talks about and, and it shows how that when our prayers are answered, that is that the, that Jesus referred to that and other gospel writers referred to that as bearing fruit. That Jesus here said, he said that by this, uh, in verse number 8, he says, by this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit. Verse number 7, he talked about, he says, he, the two qualifications that he put on there, if we abide in him and his word abides in us. Now, a lot of times people always want to put stipulations and they want to say things like, well, you have to ask God's will, you have to be this, you have to do that. But listen, if if you take care of those two things, if you abide in Him and then His Word abides in you, you won't have to worry about asking something crazy. Come on. Why? Because I'm in Him, His Word's in me, everything's going to be okay. Right? I'm listening to Him, He's talking to me, you know, He's showing me. And, and, you know, so if that's the case, if I'm abiding in him, his word is abiding in me, then I'm pretty sure that, that I'm going to be asking according to his word. And he said that then if you do those two things, you'll ask whatever you desire and it'll be done. So, you know, if, if we have prayed our whole life, I talked to somebody a couple of weeks ago, I was sharing, um, I was sharing some things about prayer and, and they, they were, they were telling me, they said, uh, they said, I just, you know, I could see this look in their face. And, and, and they kind of looked at me, and, and they, they made this statement. It kind of 
in a way it shocked me, but in a way it didn't. But they made this statement. They said, they, said, uh, they don't go to church here, so they don't call me pastor. But they said, Stephen, they said, they said you know, um, they said, I can't think of one prayer, uh, one specific prayer that I prayed that has ever been answered. And man, that broke my heart. Think about that. Now, this person was probably in their, in their 60s. And they said that they couldn't think of one specific prayer, a specific prayer, not just a general prayer, but, but one specific prayer that they prayed about that God answered specifically, that they knew that God answered their prayer just for them. You know, and, and to me, you know, um, that, that has, you know, to me it broke my heart, but, but I was just like, Lord, I went back to the Lord and I was just like, Lord, you know, we've missed it somewhere. <laughs> you know, if, if people go their whole life without getting a prayer answered, without, ever, without being able to say, yeah, God answers prayers. God, I know God answers my prayer. You know, uh, man, something's, something's missing, isn't it? And, you know, so, so, we, so, I, so my desire, and, and as I was praying about this and as the Lord was sharing with me, um, you know, what to do in this series, my desire is to, to um, let's see what the Word says and see if we, can't, if we can't get to the bottom of maybe why some of our prayers aren't getting answered and get to the point where when we do pray a prayer that they get answered. Amen. I want, I want to get to the point where I'm so confident in prayer that I know if I pray about something, it's going to be done. Amen. And you might say, well, Pastor, I don't know that I could ever get there. Well, you have to renew your mind because Jesus, listen, Jesus himself said, right, what did he say? Look at verse 7 again. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask whatever you desire and, and I may do it every once in a while for you. That's not what he said. He said, if we abide in him and his word abides in us, then we'll ask what we desire and it shall be done. That sounds pretty confident to me, doesn't it, you? I mean, Jesus, I mean, it sounded like he expects our prayers to be answered. If we're abiding in him and he's abiding in us. Now, we looked at, we looked at four different things I gave you, and, and, and we talked about this the first week a couple weeks ago. But four different points that, that, that I want to keep bringing up in this series. And number one is just simply this. The first thing you have to know is this. Prayer works. Prayer works. Elizabeth gave her testimony this morning, and she said those very words. Prayer works. She said, don't give up praying because prayer works. Amen? You know, it works. If we, if we pray correctly, we'll get results. You know, prayer and the Word. The second thing we talked about is this. Prayer and the Word go together. You can't get, you know, you can't, uh, if, you're, if you're praying the Word, you're going to get results. Now, if you go outside of the Word and start, start you know, going on your own and, and getting, getting outside of the Word, then, then things may or may not happen. But, but if you pray the Word, it will work. Amen. So prayer and the Word go hand in hand. You know, you have to have the Word and you have to have prayer. Listen, Jesus prayed. We saw that, we saw that uh, two weeks ago, how Jesus prayed. There were times he prayed in the morning. There were times he prayed at night. There were times he prayed all night. Amen. And, and now think about this. Think about this for a second. I'll get back to those points in a second. But think about this. Think about his disciples. Jesus' disciples saw him raise the dead. They saw him heal the sick. 
They saw him um, just do outstanding miracles. I mean, just numerous miracles time and time again. They saw him walk on water. And, you know, the only thing we have recorded in the Word, the one thing they asked Jesus to teach them, they said, Lord, teach us to pray. Now, why would that? Why didn't they say, teach us to walk on water? Teach us to do miracles. Teach us to heal. All, teach us to multiply food. That was a pretty cool miracle, right? I mean, teach us one of those things. That's pretty cool. But the one thing they asked him was, teach us to pray. Why? Because all those other things that I just mentioned came out of his prayer time. You know, we, we showed you in, a couple weeks ago how Jesus prayed all night long, and then he came right out of that and picked his 12 disciples. Jesus was early in the morning and, and praying many hours before, the, before everybody else got up, the Bible said. And then he came out of that prayer time, and then he said, you know, they, one of his disciples said, came and said, oh, everybody's looking for you. They're wanting you to teach again. And Jesus said, no, I've got to go to another city. It came out of that prayer time. I guarantee you the times that the, the miracles of the, the, the multiplying of food, the walking on water, the, and actually even the walking on water, you remember that miracle, Jesus sent his disciples away, and what did he do? He went up to the mountain to pray, right? And when he came down, he walked on water going to them. So that came out of a time of prayer. So his disciples knew that all these outstanding miracles, all these things they saw Jesus doing, it came out of his prayer time. So, so they, it clicked with them. If we, can, if we can learn to pray like he prays, then we can get the results he gets. Amen. So I think it's good for us to learn to ask that question. Lord, teach us to pray. Amen. And, just, and, and we have it in his word how he, how he does that, and that's what we're looking at. So prayer works. Prayer and the word go together. The third thing we talked about is this. Prayer builds intimacy with God. Prayer will help you build a relationship with the Lord. And, and here's the thing about intimacy. The more intimate you get with Him, the more comfortable you get with Him, the easier it becomes. You know, it's just like, it's just like when you meet somebody for the first time and, and maybe you're interested in them, you know, and, and you know, you're in that dating stage and, and every time you see them, every time you go on a date with them, every time, every time you talk to them, what are you doing? You're learning more about them. You're becoming more comfortable with each other. And then all of a sudden it goes from, from you know, those awkward, awkward times when, you know, the, the awkward times at meals when neither one of you know what to say to, you know, you could both not say anything for, for ten minutes and that's okay. You know why? Because you're, you're close to each other. You know each other's heart, right? And, and it comes through intimacy. So prayer helps build that intimacy. And then the fourth thing, and I think this is one of the most important that we need to keep in mind is this. God hears you when you pray. Sometimes, sometimes we pray, and you know, we've heard the old the saying, you know, well, it didn't feel like my prayers got above the ceiling. But I guarantee you this. When you pray, God hears you. And First John tells us this. If we know that He hears us, then we know we have the petitions that we prayed for. Man, I mean, see, all of this goes hand in hand. When you know the Word and when you get in the Word, man, I mean, you know, it's just an incredible thing. So, so we looked at Luke chapter 11, and this is the, the passage where the, the disciples asked, his, um, asked Jesus to teach them. And then we're going to turn to Mark chapter, or Matthew chapter 6. But Luke chapter 11 is this, we'll take this just the very first verse here. <clears throat> 
Luke chapter 11, it says, Now it came to pass as he was praying, there Jesus was praying again, Luke chapter 11, verse 1, Now it came to pass as he was praying in a certain place when he ceased or when he, when he finished praying, that one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John also taught his disciples. And then you have Luke's account of what we call the Lord's Prayer. But I want to go back over to Matthew and look at Matthew's account of this. Because it gives us, we looked at this, we started looking at this last week. And I just want to kind of uh, jump back on this and, and finish it up and, and uh, some of the thoughts we had last week and, and get a little bit deeper in here. So here in Matthew, it doesn't tell us that, uh, you know, it doesn't give the account of the disciple asking him to teach him to pray. But Jesus starts teaching on prayer. And if we'll look at Matthew chapter 6, verse number 5, the first thing he start, when he starts teaching about prayer, he teaches them three or four things not to do. He talks to them about, you know, some, he says, when you pray, don't do this. When you pray, do this. When you pray, don't do this. And let's, we'll look at those real quick. We talked about those last week, but, but just, as, just for uh, review, we'll look at them again. Verse 5, it says this. This is Jesus talking to his disciples now. Jesus says, and when you pray... You shall not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the streets, that they may be seen by men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. So one of the the first things we have to understand about prayer is this. When you pray, it's not for everybody else to hear. Now, there are times Jesus prayed in public, so he's not saying don't pray in public, okay? But what he's saying is, don't pray, don't pray just so men will see you. Don't pray to try to impress somebody with what you're saying. You know, if, if I'm praying and while I'm praying, I'm thinking, oh, well, so-and-so's here. I've got I to gotta sound real intellectual or I've got I've to say things so, to impress somebody. Man, you're way off base. Jesus said, don't, don't be like those people. He said, because here, here's the reality of that. He said, if you're like that, he said, if you're praying for somebody else to hear you, then guess what? You got your reward right there when they heard you. Now, what does that mean? That probably means God's not answering that prayer. Your reward was them coming up, patting you on the back. Oh, you're such a good prayer. And see, some people, to be honest with you, some people are like that. Some people like to pray in public just so people will hear them. But Jesus said, don't, he said, when you pray, don't do that. Don't, don't focus on what other people think about your prayer. This is between you and him. This is, about, this is about him, really. Then the second thing he said this, and, and it's a continuation because he uses the word but there in verse 6. So he said, don't do like they do, praying in public. He says, but you, when you pray, go into your room. When you have shut the door, pray to your father who is in secret, in, who is in the secret place, and your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. So, so he goes so far as to saying, you know, don't don't you know, don't necessarily try to just pray in public, but go and shut the door, get by yourself, get where nobody else can hear you, then pray to the Father. Why? Because it takes it takes a lot of the uh, I don't know the word. It takes a lot of the the mess away from prayer. I don't know, I mean I, I don't know, you know, some of you may not pray a lot in public, but but even for like me, uh, you know, as a pastor, I pray every, every service we pray, every, you know, I mean, I pray a lot. I mean, just, you know, if, if I'm ever somewhere and somebody knows you're a pastor, a lot of times they'll call on you to pray and things like that. So you have to pray in front of people. And I, and sometimes, I mean, just to be honest with you, 
sometimes, you know, I do find, I do find I'm trying to think, okay, how do I need to pray in front of these people? How do, what do I need to say? What do I need to, you know, I got to get my words right and, because I don't want to, you know, don't want to act like I don't know what I'm doing praying and things like that. If I'm a pastor and, you know, your pastor don't know how to pray, boy, you're in trouble, you know. And, you know, so, I'm, so sometimes I am thinking, okay, what, what do I need to say? But, you know, but, but I find when I'm by myself, I don't have those thoughts, right? When you're by yourself, you can just talk. And, you know, and you guys know how that is. If you're standing up in front of a group of people, sometimes you get tongue-tied, sometimes you forget what to say, sometimes your mouth gets dry and you can't talk, you know, and... And, you know, like they used to say, you're spitting cotton, you know, and, you know, all kinds of stuff. But then when you're by yourself, it's not like that. You know, you can just be yourself. So what Jesus was saying, basically what Jesus was saying here in a nutshell is just simply this. Just be yourself with God. Don't try to impress other people. Don't try to, don't try to put the these and the thous and the, and the oh, God, you know, in there. So, so other people say, oh, he's such a good prayer. You know, don't worry about what other people think. Just get along with God and pray. Amen. And then verse 7, he goes on to say, And when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. So don't just, don't just add a bunch of stuff or don't repeat the same thing over and over again. And actually, it's interesting that he said this because he, he's getting ready to give them a, a, a model prayer, a outline of a prayer, a framework of a of the way to pray but what jesus didn't say to do was repeat this very prayer and let that be it he didn't say say these exact words a hundred times a day and you're going to be okay as a matter of fact before he even told them what to say he said now don't just say words don't just repeat words every time you pray you know make sure that make sure that you make sure that you pray from your heart not just a, a, a memorized prayer. You know, when, when, we, when our kids grow up, you know, we teach our kids, usually we teach them a, a prayer like to pray over the meal or to pray, you know, to pray a nighttime prayer, you know, or something and as we're teaching them to pray. But wouldn't it be funny if, if you know, we go out to eat this, this after church, you know, you go out to eat with me and, and we get our meal and I say, okay, let's pray. And then, I, and then I say the same prayer I said when I was three years old. Or four years old, you know, I, I, I say just like a little, you know, just the little kid prayer over our meal. You, you would probably be thinking, okay, that's a little weird, right? Jesus said, don't. He said, don't just, don't just have this, this uh, memorized prayer. Don't just say the same thing every time you come to me. It's just like if, if you and your wife, if you said the exact thirty-five words to her every single day, and that's all you said, she would get tired of that. Well, some of them may. I don't know. Some of them may not. <laughs> but most, most husbands and wives wouldn't like that very much. And, you know, and I don't think it's any different with God. I think it's, I think, you know, he doesn't want us just to say the same thing over and He wants us to pray out of our heart and just share our heart with him. So he said, don't pray, uh, don't use vain repetition. And then verse number eight, he says, therefore, do not be like them, for your father knows the things that you need before you ask him. Now, that's interesting that Jesus would say that as he's getting ready to teach them how to pray, to give them this, this outline on, you know, of the framework of the outline or the model of, of what to pray. He said this. He said, don't, he said, you know, you don't have to worry about being perfect in this because your dad knows what you need. You know, your father already knows your needs before you even know you need them. He knew it. So, so what does that do? That frees us up 
Because sometimes we, we try to be so perfect in our prayers and we think, well, I've got to remember this, I've got to say this, I've got to do that. Listen, just start praying. Start having a conversation with God. Start, you know, start out, and, and He shows us how to do this. And man, this is so incredible. I, I, to be honest with you, I hadn't, uh, I hadn't really studied this prayer out very much up until the last, the last couple of years. I've, you know, I've heard some teaching on this, and it just really, and it really has changed my prayer life. The way, the way I pray when you, when you look at this prayer and what, how Jesus taught to pray. Because if Jesus taught them and said, you know, hey, this is the model. This is, this is a great way to pray. We should learn how to pray this way, right? I mean, we should look at it and say, okay, there's, there's some things in here we probably need to know about and that we probably need to do. Because, you know, we've talked about this, how um, unfortunately so much of our prayer, so much of our prayer life is one, one-sided. We go to God and just dump all of our problems on Him and then leave and never give Him the opportunity to talk back, to share back with us. That's not, you know, that's not prayer, Prayer is a communication. It's, it's communion. It goes both ways. Amen? So, so Jesus says, you know, listen, your dad, your father knows what things you need of before you even pray. So verse 9, he says this. And, and last week we focused a lot on the first, the first phrase, and then today we're going to look at the second one. But he said, in, now notice he said, in this manner, or, you know, in this style. He didn't say, pray this, this exact prayer word for word. He said, in this manner, pray. So he was giving us a framework or an outline to say, now, here's the framework. Now, you plug in what you need to. Right? So he says, in this manner, therefore, pray. Our Father in heaven. A couple things, and I'm not going to rehearse everything we talked about last week, but, but a couple things that's very interesting to me is that, that he didn't tell them to pray my Father. He told them to pray our Father. If you, when you notice Jesus teaching about the kingdom and teaching about, uh, you know, the things about the kingdom, it's always in a plural. It's always, it's never just about me. It's our Father. You know, when we pray a lot of times and we, we confess this and we pray this, that I have the mind of Christ. But really, you know, that's, that scripture says we have the mind of Christ. You know, there's, 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 a, there's a great teaching in, in learning uh, and a great study in learning to, to see the I and we and you teaching in the Bible. In other words, what, what, what I can say that I have, what I can say that we have, you know, because, because he says our Father, and he's all of our Father, right? I mean, if you have a relationship with him, he's your heavenly Father. So he's all, it's not just something personalized to me, although he is my father, but he is our father. It's family, right? So our father in heaven. So the first thing that he wants us to do, and we looked at this last week, is he wants us to have that connection with him. He wants us to connect to, Jesus said the first thing you need to do when you, go to, when you, when you start prayer is make sure you always remember who you're praying to. And that is so important because, because when, we, when we have a correct view of God and we, we know that He's our Father and He's a good Father and He's not mad at us and He's not out to get us, then that opens up our prayer life. If, if we think that, you know, you think about the parable, you remember the parable of the, uh, the talents that it said the, the Master gave one guy ten talents and He gave one five and He gave one 
one, I think, or something like that. And, and it says he went away, then he came back, and, uh, and, and he came back and, and wanted a report of what they did with it. And, you know, the one with ten came back and said, oh, you know, man, I, you know, I, I doubled your money, I doubled your talents, here's your 20 talents. And, and he says, oh, you, you know, you did well, you know, go and, and be blessed. And then the other one comes in and with five, and he says, oh, I doubled your talents and, and you know, your money. And he says, oh, you know, you did well, go be blessed. And then the one with one talent, what did, he, what did he do? He came back and he told the master this. He says, I know that you're a hard man. And I know that you're, you know, that you take what you didn't even earn. And you, you know, you're hard and you're, you're mean. And boy, if, if somebody crosses you, man, you know, it, it's terrible. So, so man, I hid that talent. I didn't do anything. I wanted to make sure I didn't do nothing. I didn't lose that. And man, you're, you're just a hard master. Well, which one of those do you think that, that the master wanted to hear more? Right? I mean, the other ones... They, they, kind of, they, probably, they probably understood that about this guy, but they said, you know what? If I can double, if I can make some more stuff, then he'll be pleased with me. Right? And see, so the view, of what, uh, the view you have of your Heavenly Father will dictate a lot of your prayer life. If you think He's mad at you, if you think you have to perform for Him to bless you, if you think that you have to work to, for, him to, to, for, the, for Him to give you the promises and things like that that he's promised you, then you know what? Your prayer life's not going to be very effective because you're always going to be trying to impress God. You're always going to be trying to, trying to do something else and, and show him how much you worked and versus, versus just when you see him as your father. He's daddy, and I can go to my dad. I can go to him, and, and, you know, and I, can just, I can just bear my heart to him, and, and I can go to him, and I don't have to be perfect in front of him because he knows me. See, so we have, the first thing he wants us to do is to connect to him as a good father. To, to realize, and see, because here's one of the things, when we, when we connect to him as father, that automatically, when he is our father, that automatically makes me a son. And if I'm a son, then I'm an heir. And if I'm an heir, then listen, I've got everything my dad's got. Amen. See, it's how you see him. And it's how you connect Him. So the first thing Jesus said you need to do is you need to connect to Him as your Heavenly Father. And man, there's so much more you can say in there. But I, want, I really want to get to this next phrase today. And so He says, our Father who is in Heaven. And, you know, so, so connect to Him as Father first. But then the second thing He said is this. Hallowed be Your name. Hallowed be Your name. Or we can say it like this. A lot of the modern translations will say it like this. Make, he, he said, make his name holy. Now, what does that mean? What does it mean to hallowed be your name or to make his name holy? Now, this one, you know, this was very interesting. This, this was one that, that I learned a lot about. And, and uh, even this week, I, the Lord showed me some more things about this. It wasn't too long ago that we did a series on the names of God. You guys remember that? And we went through and we looked at the Old Covenant, uh, the Old Testament names where he revealed himself or where God, you know, yeah, where he revealed attributes about himself, you know, it was like, well, it was Jehovah, it was Elohim, it, I mean, all the way back in Genesis, you know, Elohim and Jehovah Elohim, and then, and then when you get into with Abraham, you know, Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah uh, Rafi, Jehovah uh, Sidkenu, I mean, and, and we'll talk a little bit more about those in a minute, but he revealed himself by names. Now, I was thinking yesterday, and, and I was just writing some things down, and I hadn't really thought about this very much, but, but the Lord told me to go back and look at the Ten Commandments. 
And I thought, no, that's, that's kind of weird, you know, but, but we're talking about making his name holy. Turn with me just for a second. We won't spend a lot of time here. But turn with me to Exodus chapter 20. And this was just something the Lord dropped in my spirit yesterday. And uh, as I was finishing studying, studying on this, Exodus chapter 20. And this, of course, when God gave Moses the Ten Commandments. And it says, uh, and we'll just read the first couple of verses here in Exodus 20. God spoke all these words saying, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make any make for yourself a craved image, any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them nor serve them, for I, the Lord your God, am, your, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children, the third and fourth generations of those who hate me, but showing mercy to thousands and to those who love me and keep my commandments. Then look at verse 7. It's interesting. You shall not take the name of your Lord God in vain. Now, we, you know, we've quoted that and, and, uh, and said that you know, for the Ten Commandments. Uh, and then it goes on to say this, For the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. Now, look at the Amplified in verse 7. This is what the Lord showed me here. In ampli- the Amplified of verse 7 says this, You shall not use or repeat the name of the Lord your God in vain. That is, lightly or frivolously, in false affirmations or profanely. For the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes guiltless who takes his name in vain. Now, if I, ask, if, I, if I just ask the question, what does it mean to you to take his name in vain when you hear that? You know, for so long, I mean, all growing up, if you had asked me that uh, up until the last couple of years, my response just would have been, you know, when people say the GD or when people say, you know, when people curse with his name, you know, and to take it in vain. That's, you know, that's kind of the direction that I would always say. But there's a whole other side of this that I, don't, that I don't know that I've ever heard taught very much. And really it comes out of, out of the Ten Commandments. He said, he, you know, now it's interesting because the Ten Commandments, you know, have no other gods before me. Keep the Sabbath, you know, don't murder, don't steal, don't kill, don't lie. And then, and, but one of the commandments was don't take the name of your Lord in vain. You know, why, was, why would that be one of the Ten Commandments? Well, let, and, let me, and I just looked up, I, uh, I looked up there in worship, I, 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 had, I didn't write this down earlier, but I looked up the definition of vain, vain, V-A-I-N. Here's the definition of what vain means. Emptiness, lying, uselessness, marked by futility or ineffectiveness. Now think about that. Do not take the Lord God's name in vain. Don't make His name useless. Don't make His name empty. Don't lie about His name. Wow. So what does that mean? Because this was in Exodus chapter 20 that He gave the Ten Commandments to Moses. Well, in, in our study in, uh, on the names of God, we find that, that there was only about four names given before this, and then all the other names that he, that he introduced himself as or revealed himself as came after the Ten Commandments were given. 
So when he would introduce himself, and we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about this as, as we unpack this, but when he would introduce himself as Jehovah, like he introduced himself as Jehovah, Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who heals. So, so to, take his, to take Jehovah Rapha in vain would be this. Well, God put this sickness on me. See, because God introduced himself and revealed himself as the Lord who heals. For anybody to say that God put a sickness on them would be making what he said about himself, Jehovah Rapha, a lie. To, be make, to make it useless. God said, I'm the Lord who heals. Yeah, but God put this sickness on me to teach me a lesson. You just took His name in vain. You made, in your life, you made Jehovah Rapha useless. That's powerful. Now I'll step on a few more toes. <laughs> Think about Jehovah Shalom, the Lord our peace. He introduced, he introduced, he revealed himself as the God of peace, who brings peace, who, who in any situation, he has peace for that situation. When we're anxious, when we're fearful, when we, when we uh, question whether, whether God's going to come through for us or not, what are we doing? We're saying right opposite of who he revealed himself to be. What does it mean, you know, here in the, in the Lord's Prayer, the, the model prayer that Jesus gave us in Matthew 6, he says, hallowed be your name. What, is that word, what does it mean to make something holy? You know, that word hallowed is, is where we get our word holy from. And other translations, like I said, modern translations will say things like, you know, make his name holy. What does it mean? What is, what is something being holy? What does that mean? Holy just means set apart. Uh, one, of the, one of the phrases I like of holy is this, uncommon. If something's holy, it's uncommon. It's not something you use every single day. You know, when they, when they, made, when they set something apart, when they made something holy for the, for the temple, they didn't use that, that, that stuff every single day. It was special. They only used it for certain occasions. Well, to make, to make His name holy would mean that we don't, we don't just use His name in... Um, how do I say that? We don't use His name just like we use every other word. In other words, we use His name on purpose. He is, he is Jehovah. You know, we don't say... Now listen, I, and I know... We were talking about this uh, in praise and worship in our devotion. We were talking about this, but but you know the the most common the most common phrase the most common um, what's uh, little motto or whatever where you see everybody says oh my god O M G people say it all the time oh my goodness oh my you know they say oh my god see they just make it common to where it's just a it's just a common word that you just throw out there. I've heard, people, I've heard people say when something happens, they'll say just the name of Jesus. They'll just say, Jesus. Well, you know, guys, listen. That's making, that's making His name like a, a common thing, like, 
like every other word, and it's take, it takes away the specialness of it. Now you say, now pastor, you're just cutting hair, you're being, you know, I'm not talking about being legalistic with this, but I'm just saying, listen, Jesus said to make His name holy. And when we say His name, then it ought to be in a, in a way that makes it holy, not that's just common everyday use. Does that make sense? Watch, watch how you use uh, phrases that have God's name in them. You know, watch how, don't, don't, just, don't just say those things just like, you know, as an expression because something happened that you throw His name out there. Amen. You know, because, because, because that's not making Him holy. That's making it just like every other expression. And here he said, he said, he said, make his name holy. So, so what does it mean? Let's look at that a little bit more. That was just interesting. I, I just, uh, you know, uh, as, as, I was, as I was praying yesterday, he told me to go look at the Ten Commandments. And I just found it interesting that, that he said, you know, in, in the Amplified Version there, especially how he said, you know, don't make it, don't make it empty. Don't make it, you know, uh, just, just uh, you know, common. But, but, you know, don't take the Lord's name in vain. As a matter of fact, look at this, Mark chapter 4. This, this was something else the Lord reminded me of this week. And you might say, well, why, why is that so important? Look at Mark chapter 4, verse 24. And, you know, um, because, because if you will take this and meditate on it and think about it and just and take it before the Lord. Now, listen, you may say one of those phrases and, you know, if you take it before the Lord and He says this finder you to use, then that's between you and Him. You know, I'm not, I'm not the word police. I'm not going to stand up here and say, oh, don't say that. You know, that's between you and Him, right? But, but here, in Mark chapter 24, He said, Mark chapter 4, verse 24, He said this, Jesus said this, and this is from the Amplified. I'll just read it from the Amplified. And He said to them, Be careful what you hear. The measure of thought and study that you give to the truth you hear will be the measure of virtue and knowledge that comes back to you, and more besides will be given to you who hear. So, so what you heard this morning, what you heard me say, take that and meditate on it. Think about it. Think about how you're making His name holy or how you're not making His name holy. Because, because really, if you're not making His name holy, what are you doing? You're taking His name in vain. You're making it empty. You're making it common. You know, you're making it just like every other word in your vocabulary. When you know, and, and in biblical days, when they were when the scribes would write the were writing the scripture, they wouldn't even that's 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 how the, uh, for like the word name the the word the name Yahweh, when you saw it when you see it in the original language, it's Y H W. They they leave the vowels out of it because they they felt they weren't even good enough to spell his whole name out, much less say it. So they left the vowels out of it and put like, it's almost like his initials, you know. They're like, we can't say, we can't spell his whole name. He's so holy. He's so, such an incredible, you know, magnificent God. Now, you know, from the old covenant to the new covenant, I'm so glad now that, that we, you know, when we look at him, we don't have to look at him in that standpoint because now he lives on the inside of us. He wants, he wants that relationship with us and he wants us to treat him as dad. But even, even as that, even treating him as father, you know, we don't disrespect our father. By, you know, now some people, some people, you know, I mean, will say things like the old man or the, 
you know, or things like that, talking about their dad and stuff. But I, to me, man, that's just so disrespectful. You know, I mean, I, I, I never, I call my dad, I call my dad dad or father or, you know, I mean, I never, I never, you know, had used those other expressions for him. And if you do, that's that's between you and I mean, you know, don't get me wrong. I'm just saying, you know, think about think about the words you use to describe your father. Amen. So let's let's look here how we make the name of God holy. What does it mean to make His name holy? Well, so He introduced Himself, He revealed Himself with covenant names that you know we looked at. We looked at. Uh, I, I've got my list back out. We looked at like 14 names when we went through that list when we looked at them. And let's, let's just think about this. Uh, and I kind of mentioned it a little bit, but, but what about like, um, what about like, like um, in our prayers? Okay, Jesus said to make his name holy. So, so here would be a, a, a typical way maybe that, a way that, 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 that I might pray when I'm in private. And I'm just, and this is generic, okay? I'm, and I'm just doing this for, for your benefit because it flows a little bit better if you're just, just doing it out of your heart. So I go to prayer, and I might, I might just start out saying something like this. I want to connect to him as Father. So I just go and say, say Father, I'm, you know, I'm so grateful that, that you're such a good Father, and I'm so grateful that you love me. I'm so grateful, Father, that you tell me that, that you love me as much as you love your son, Jesus. What a, what a thought, Father. I'm so grateful for that. Thank you, thank you that I'm your son, and if I'm your son, I'm an heir, and if I'm an heir, then all the promises that you've given me are mine already. And I'm not a son waiting. I'm not a son waiting to inherit something. I'm a son who already has inherited all the promises, all the benefits that you have for me. All the benefits are mine already. I thank you for that, Father. So, Lord, I'm coming to you today. Father, I'm coming to you today, and, and, and I've got this need. And, and I know you revealed yourself as Jehovah Jireh, the Lord who provides, the one who sees to it. So, so, Father, because you're Jehovah Jireh, I know that you've already provided for my need. And if you've already provided for my need, then that means you're also Jehovah Shalom, who is the Lord my peace. So I'm at peace about this need because you've already been to my future. You've, you're there. You're already there, and, and you've already provided for that. So, Father, thank you that you're Jehovah Jireh to me right now. You're the God who's, who has provided for me. Thank you that you're Jehovah Shalom to me right now. You're the God in my peace. When worry and fear come, God, you're, you're my Jehovah Shalom. You see, so, so that's just an example. I mean, you could, you know, you could, whatever, whatever you're going through, you could take those names, you could take who He is, who He revealed Himself to be, and you could make them holy. You could lift them up, and you could say, this is who you are. And because this is who you are, this is what I have. Because you're my father. You're my father because of that. Because since you're my father, I'm connected to everything you are. And if that's true, then, I'm, then you are my Jehovah Jireh. You are my Jehovah Shalom. You are, listen, we, we looked at a, uh, you, are my, uh, you are my Jehovah Sidkenu, the Lord my righteousness. So I'm not trying to be righteous. I am righteous. You made me righteous. You are Jehovah Sidkenu to me. And regardless of what's happening in my life right now, I am righteous because you made me righteous. Instead of, you know, instead of, oh, Father, I'm just an old, dirty, down, 
you know, worm that's scraping the bottom of the barrel. I'm just the worst person in the world. I, I never do anything right. You know, if, if you have any blessings left over, just send me a little my way. You see the difference in those two prayers? One, we connect to Him as Father. We make His name holy. The other, we see Him as somebody who's holding out on us because, because, we're, not, because we're not good enough. We hadn't performed enough. We let Him down because of all the stuff that we did. And so now we're having to go to Him and to perform and to, to try to be good enough to, to, to win His graces back. So how you see Him... That's, that, and that's what Jesus, when, when Jesus gave this model prayer here, that's what he's talking about. He's talking about, he's talking about listen, this is not just words that you say. This is, this is, you pray out of your heart. And where you are and the things you're going through, you make his name holy. You find out who he is. You see, that, and that's another reason why I told you that, uh, that sometimes I think we pray way too quick. You know, we pray about things and we have no scripture on it. You know, we and, and you know, now, now trust me, praying is not a bad thing. But it's much better to pray the right way. To pray what the Word says. So sometimes you might need to go, you might need to go and find out who He is. You know, if you've got a situation, if you've got a need, if you need healing, then man, you need to find out. If you don't know that He's Jehovah Rapha, if you don't know that He's the Lord who heals you, then you need to go find those Scriptures and look and, and meditate on them and renew your mind on them so that when you go to Him, you're confident that He's going to heal you because He is Jehovah Rapha. That's who He said He was, and He hasn't changed. So I can go to Him. He is my Father, and He is, he is Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who heals so I can go to Him expecting and believing and knowing that, that I would receive my healing because that's who He is. That's how I see Him. And if that's how I see Him, then that's how He's going to be to me. I heard, this, I heard something this week. Uh, I don't even know if I wrote this down or not. but uh, No, I don't even see it. Um, but I heard something this week that... that uh, they said this, that confession, you know, we talk about, a lot about confession, saying the right words, um, making sure that, 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 you know, our words are correct and things like that. But they, they said this, they said that confession only works for about 15% of the people. In other words, what I mean by that is when I say work, it, it means that only about 15% of the people actually get what, they, what they're saying. Now, why is that true? And I... And I you know, I, I don't know how they came up with that number. I don't know if they just threw that out there or what. But, but the, the principle behind it was, was interesting. Because my dad used to say that all the time. My dad, I would talk to my dad. He was, uh, you know, I was raised in a denominational church. And, uh, um, you know, when, when, I got, when I got spirit-filled and I started talking to my dad about, about things and, and I would talk to my mom and dad about, you know, I would hear them say things and I would say, no, you know, like, you know, uh, Dad had a lot of back problems, and he had two or three back surgeries, and, and you know, his, especially, you know, his back hurt him quite a bit. And, and he would say things like, you know, uh, man, my back's killing me. And I'd always say, well, Dad, don't say that. You know, say my back's healed. My back's, you know, my back's not, not hurting. And my dad would always say this. He said, Stephen, he said, I ain't going to lie. He said, if my back's hurting, I'm going to say it's hurting. <laughs> <laughs> 
you know. And that, that was my dad's response to so much of the stuff when I tried. Steve, I'm not going to tell a lie. If I'm hurting, I'm going to say it, you know. And I, and I never could really get through, I never could really get through to my dad that I'm not say I'm not asking you to lie. I'm just asking asking you to agree with what God says about you. You know, there's a difference. There's a difference between just see. And, and here's the difference. See, because most of the time when when we talk about confession and the way most people see confession, it's just saying saying something different than what I'm going through right now. That's the way a lot of people look at confession. I just got to say something different so I can maybe hopefully my situation will change. But see, that's not confession. Confession is when you totally, when you, when you believe what you're saying and what you're saying matches what God is saying. See, true, true biblical confession is not just uttering the words. True biblical confession is you believe it in your heart, so therefore you're saying it with your mouth. In other words, faith is involved in confession. And you see, so I have to find out what God's saying about it. And when I find out what God's saying about it, I have to convince my heart. I have to, I have to get my heart into agreement with what God is saying. And, and when my heart is in agreement with what God is saying, then that's when the power of my words come out because now faith is mixed with my words. And I'm not just saying empty words. I'm saying faith-filled words that agree with what God's saying, and that will change any circumstance. But the problem is, so many people don't believe what they're saying. You know, because I could say all day long, I'm a car. I could, I could move my mattress out to the garage and say, I'm a car. And I could go vroom, vroom, and, you know, and, you know I make all these sounds a car makes. But you know what? I'll never become a car. Why? Because I really and truly don't believe I'm a car. You know, I mean, and see, that, and to be honest with you, that's the way some people look at us that, that have confession as a big part of our lives. They're like, y'all are just crazy. You know, the name it and claim it and blab it and grab it and, you know, and you know, all that. I mean, you know, the, you people are just crazy. I mean, I've had people tell me you're crazy, you know, for, for believing that. But see, the difference, the difference in we're not just blab it and grab it. We're, we believe it in our heart. And when we believe it in our heart, and we, we, we agree with what God is saying, we've, 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 we've renewed our mind, we've, we've convinced our heart, you know, we've, we've, done the, the, we've put off the old man and put on the new man, so now we think like God and we're, we're agreeing with God. So, so I believe what God says is true about me. And when I believe what God says is true about me, and I confess that, I say the same thing as He says, then all of a sudden the power of faith gets involved and then all of a sudden the things that were not seen become seen. Does that make sense? So, so here when he says, when he's talking about making, making his name holy, we have to, we have, first of all, we have to know who he is. We have to know. If you don't know that he's Jehovah Rapha, then you'll never be able to receive the benefits of Jehovah Rapha. If you don't know that He's Jehovah Shalom, if you don't know that when you're having all this chaos around you, that, that, he, that he said, I am your peace. If you don't know that, you'll never be able to get the benefits of Jehovah Shalom. So see, you have to know, in order to make His name holy, hallowed be His name, in order to do that, you have to know some things. 
Amen. It goes back to what we said at the very beginning. Prayer and word go together. You can't, you can't separate the two and expect results. When you know the word, and back to John fifteen seven, the very the the, the base we're building this on. When I abide in Him and His Word abides in me. See, when I abide in Him, I learn who He is. His Word reveals who He is to me. And when I have His Word, when I know His Word, when I know who He is, then guess what? Then whatever I ask, I'll receive. And that, and, and, and that will bear fruit that will bring Him glory. You see, when I know that He's my healer, then when I, when I get healed and I stand up, the testimony that Elizabeth gave, when she stands up and says, the doctor says, you know, you're healing quicker than normal. The doctor says you're healed. Who was it? Somebody gave that testimony. Uh, it was, was it, Ben, I think it was you that gave that testimony. The doctor said you were healed from something that on your, uh, your license test or your uh, DMV report. Well, see, when, 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 when you can give a testimony that the doctor said that you're healed, then guess what? That brings, that brings glory to God. And that's, that's you bearing fruit of, of that relationship you have with the Lord. Now, it's not because of who you are. It's because of Him. You see, because remember, here's, here's the key. Jesus said the first thing you do in prayer is you connect to Him. As far, it's about Him. It's not about you. It's about Him. And then you make His name holy. What are you doing? Father, you are a good Father. And this is who you are. You are Jehovah Rapha. You are the Lord who heals. And since you are the Lord who heals, then I am healed because I am in you and your word's in me. Man, that's... That, you know, when you, when you get in the Word and you dig into the Word and you find this, Mark chapter 4 that we read there, the, the amount of time you spend in the Word and the amount of thought and study you put in these things, that's what virtue you'll get out of it. If you spend no time with Him, then you'll never know who He is. You'll never know who He wants to be to you in a situation. But when you spend time with Him and you spend time in prayer, you spend time in His Word, then in every situation... The Holy Spirit will rise up on the inside. This is who I want to be to you. This is what the Word, the word says. This is the promise that I've given you about this situation. And see, then you can take it to Him and you can make His name holy. God, this is what you said. This is who you want to be. This is, what, this is what's happening. You want to be this to me right now. So I agree with you. I believe what you said about that. So I just receive what, who you are and what you said. And I just receive that in my life right now. You see, it's all about Him. So much of the time we make prayer about us. I need this. I need that. I have to do this. I have to have this. This has to be done for me right now. This, you know, it's all about me, me, me. But Jesus said, make it about Him, Him, Him. Our Father, hallowed be Your name. It's about Him. Amen. Because here's, I wrote this down. Uh, we know that He will never violate His name so we can have confidence toward God. If He revealed Himself, when He revealed Himself in the covenant names, one thing I can guarantee you, he, He'll never violate those names. If He said that He is this, then He's that. That's what He is. He's never, he's never going to be something different. You know, we, um, the Lord had me read Psalm 91, the first, of this, the first of last year, actually. 
and, uh, and I read it for almost the whole year. And, and verse 14 and 15 uh, said this, and I'll read this from the Amplified, the last part. This is the part of Psalm, Psalm 91 where, where God is speaking back to us. The first part is, you know, we, we speak, you know, we're speaking to Him and, and you know, and different things. And, and this last part, He's speaking back to us, but it says this in verse 14 from the Amplified. It says, Because He has set His love upon me, now this is God talking about us, because, because, because we have set our love upon Him, therefore I will deliver Him. I will set Him on high. Now listen to this. Because He knows and understands my name. He has a personal knowledge of my mercy, love, and kindness. He trusts and relies on me, knowing I will never forsake Him. No, never. But it's, it's interesting. He says, he, he says he, that He will deliver us and set us on high. Because we know and understand His name. And then Jesus tells us to make His name holy. Exodus in the Ten Commandments says don't take His name in vain. Don't make it useless. Don't make His names empty. Don't, don't say that God's lying about who He said He was. If He said He's Jehovah Rapha, then He's Jehovah Rapha. End of story. If he said he's Jehovah Shalom, that's who he is. He's not changing. And you're not the exception. Amen. So, so don't take his name in vain. Don't make his name useless. Don't, don't empty the power out of his name by making it just common, thinking that it's just like everything else. Oh, man. There's such power in that. Praise the Lord. So how do you, how, what do you do? How do you do that? Listen. Meditation. Meditation. You know, so much of, of like this New Age stuff and everything, uh, you know, they're big in meditation. And anytime you mention meditation, people all automatically, oh, you're talking about New Age stuff. But listen, I read that, I read that scripture out of uh, Mark 4 where it said the amount of thought and study that you put into something is how much virtue and power you're going to get out of it. If you never meditate on the Word, if you never, uh, Brother Hagin always used to say, Brother, Brother Hagin always used to say, if you never mutter the Word, you know, in other words, you get His Word in you and you just say it and you meditate on it, kind of like uh, Brother Hagin would always say, like, a, like an old cow chewing its cud. You know, you just got to bring it back up six or seven times and chew it again. You know, you just got to keep chewing it, keep chewing it, keep chewing it until it becomes reality to you. When it becomes reality to you and when you, when you start experiencing it, that's where the power's at. Amen? So the, first, the, the very first, we didn't get past the first uh, verse today in the Lord's Prayer, but, but we connect to our Father and we make His name holy. And see, and every day, those, those, two, those two aspects of this Lord's Prayer, they could be totally different for you. You may not say the same thing tomorrow that, you, that you're praying today. You know, because you may have another need. You may need to make another name of His holy. You know, today you may be praying about healing. Tomorrow you may be praying about finances. Tomorrow you may, you may be praying about a relative. You may be praying about how to, how to witness to somebody. So you make His name holy. 
you lift him up. You say, Father, you're, you're, you have all wisdom and you can show me that. So, so Father, thank you for showing me what I need to know, do in this situation. And see, as you do that, that's just the first, that's the first verse. You know, and t- next week we'll talk about, uh, about his kingdom. That's the, that's the next verse, his kingdom come. And so, so this, man, I'm telling you, the Lord's Prayer is just, it's powerful. Amen. And I hope that, I hope that, um, uh, take these little nuggets, man, and just, and spend the rest of the week on it. You know, spend the rest of the week, just uh, this, this coming week, on those two things about connecting to your Father and making His name holy. If you don't get past those two things, it's okay. Right? Because he knows, he knows what you need. And if you're connecting to Him as Father and you're making His name holy, I, I think you'll be, pretty, you'll be in pretty good shape. Amen? So let me pray for you. <clears throat> and we'll go. Hallelujah. Well, Father, I thank You for Your Word this morning. Uh, thank You for Revelation this morning. Father, thank You that, uh, that You are a good Father. And, and it's Your desire to for us to have this revelation even more than it's our desire to have it. You want us to know how to connect to you. You want us to know uh, who you are and, and, and how to make your name holy and so that we can, so that really the, the target of this is so we can know exactly who you are and we can know how you see us so that we can know who we are because we are how you see us. That is, that is, that is who we, that's what our desire to become is how you see us, not how the world sees us, not how anybody else sees us, but how you see us. And we do that by connecting to you and, and by making your name holy, you reveal those things to us. So I thank you for that. Father, I pray blessings on each one that's here today. I pray, Lord, that you would just minister, Father, whatever needs are in the house today. If there's financial needs, if there's health problems, Father, if there's family issues, Father, whatever work issues, whatever, Father, whatever it is that you, that, that the people need today, Father, my prayer today is that you will be exactly that to them. And Lord, they'll, they'll see you as that and they'll believe you and they'll receive that today before they walk out of this place. We love you and we honor you, Father. Thank you for all that you're doing. Thank you for the revelation of, of who you are and who we are in you. And thank you, Father, that, that we, I believe, Father, I, I agree with the words you spoke to me about that this is going to be a year, I mean a summer, excuse me, a summer, and we'll, we can extend it to a year, but, but this is going to be the summer of answered prayer. I thank you for that, Lord. More and more testimonies about you answering prayer and revealing yourself as, as who you truly are. So we thank you for that, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, God bless you guys. We love you. I pray you have a great day, a great week, and uh, we'll see everybody, invite everybody Wednesday night. If you want to come back, we'll be here at 7 o'clock and uh, worship encounter nights. And then next Sunday, come back, believe in God for, for greater revelation. Amen. We love you guys. You're dismissed.